Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the King Kong to my Godzilla. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Gonna get the dulcet tones of Kevin Garber on this podcast. Kevin's got Kevin's got a sore throat. Our very own King Ghidorah. That's right. It's Eric Ronebeck. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Oh, better than Rodan. Tell you that. <laughs> better than Rodan. Wait, what's what was the what's the low what's the low mark? What was the worst thing I could have called you? Uh, uh that like, that crab monster. That crab Moth- monster. Mothra? What scheme. if I called you Mothra? Would you be happy? Everyone, that? Mothra's beloved. You're just calling me a girl. I would say, which because I would I'm say, older. At least Mothra has like, like a fan uh, club. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm calling Mothra, I'm calling you my one true love. Because Godzilla and Mothra are definitely. I should. You know, you know who also loves Mothra? <laughs> Those. Yeah, the little the twins. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. So so many many people might have. Uh, Kevin's just dying off, off camera lunch, right now. Lunch Lady Kevin is dead now. <laughs> so, <laughs> lunch lady Would Kevin. you like some sloppy joes? I made an extra <laughs> sloppy for you. So a lot of people are like, oh, you didn't do a Patreon podcast after the last game. And I was like, did you just really want to hear me just go ah into a microphone for 15 about minutes? Because that's all it would have been. to cry for 15 minutes, but he didn't want to record Brett, himself. Brett like disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth as soon as the, I was like texting him during the You mean the game. like our audience? offense oh and then, analysis. and then when the game when the game ended he was just like i was like brett you there brett you there brett Brett, what's going on man are you okay are you okay because he was not you know he was brett so well there was so somebody was like, behind ah. him that was like being a really obnoxious san fran fan too which yeah. this is like pit of misery yeah that's that's like the worst thing that could happen to brett so okay let's let's um, you guys want to start big picture or small picture? I'm gonna let you choose, Eric. Do you want to start? Do you want to start with the wide out stuff that obviously we have to talk about, or do you want to just narrow in on only the 49ers game first? Uh, let's let's narrow in on it because I don't want to okay. spend hardly any time. I don't. We don't. I don't think we need to do it. <laughs> you want to just get, you want to rip the bandaid okay. off? So I, okay. I, I <laughs> telling Kevin what I was telling Kevin Eric this, on this. I, I was telling Kevin on this uh, before the podcast. I don't know if it was the pie. I don't know if it was the a week ago. I don't remember anything about this game. Okay. I know that it was a week ago. I know I hated it. I know that the green intro with the lights was cool. And then I blacked out for three and a half hours and I saw the final score. Like I remember I did watch it, but I don't remember anything about this. And I feel like watching our offense was like the part of the heist movie where they put like the security footage on repeat. And so you're watching like the same four play drive mm-hmm. for like two and a half hours. And I think that's why I don't remember a lot of it was because it was just it was the exact same Nothing thing to remember. over and yeah. over here's, again. I felt like I watched the, one drive eight times. Here's the problem is that for me that I hate, I hated the most was the Seahawks come out at halftime. Jordan Brooks, 12 yard interception return for a touchdown. Boom. 24 10 Seahawks get the ball back. They get the a, a three and out. The, the 49ers never go three and out. And they, they talked about this in the broadcast. And they went three and out multiple times in this game. So it's like, oh, we get, then the Seahawks drive. Because it's actually good. Eh, it's okay. Our defense is not that. It's not as bad as people are about me to be. And it's not great. We really miss Nuosu. I'll just say that. Like, he kind of. He kind of would really we round out what we're missing. Yeah. He'd round out what we're missing, which we need another another guy to get pressure, and we need another guy who can trust in the run game. But anyway, we go down the field. We go straight down. And we we're, got Frank dri- Clark that's neither. Sorry. We're, dri- we're driving. We're driving. We're driving. The, the driving the ball. And then we get in the red zone. We poop our pants. We kick a, we kick a field goal. And at that point, the game was over. You could have – you for me, I was like – 
3.13 to go in the third quarter. We just kicked a field goal to go down 11. Pack it up, boys. The game is over. We can't get a touchdown on this drive. That is it. This game is burnt bread. We're done. And uh, we didn't do anything for the rest of the game, and we lost 31-13. to That was like the end of the game, basically. The end of the game was when we kicked that field goal. If we score a touchdown there... I think you can you can set the hope trap. Like they were like, okay, yeah, I can see we're moving the ball. We we actually got a good red zone drive. But that drive was perfect because on the third down play to get to score the touchdown, the Seahawks ran a play where every single guy was outside the numbers uh on a route, except for Noah Fant, who ran a crosser to get outside the numbers as fast as possible. And Gino just like dropped back and he looked and then everything was slow developing and he didn't he and the windows are so tight. The windows are so tight. These play calls are so bad. And so yep. it's like, it's just, what do you even do? And then, of course, we can't Nathan score. Nathan would say he was in a house of pain because he was Here, ready to pack it up, pack it in. Well, here's the thing. The one the one thing that annoys me the most is that this team. Like, you know, one thing we're good at is taking the top off the of defense. We have a lot of really fast and strong wide receivers. And it is a house of pain, Kevin. And I'm going to jump around. So the <laughs> green uniform, shamrocks and shenanigans got there. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> okay, but the team the team is built like to take the top off the defense and run the run the ball, and we take away the entire middle of the field from ourselves. And then the way that we try to like pound hey, the middle, some of those five minute developing routes might have gone over the middle eventually. The way we try to pound the middle is with these dumb inside handoffs, and I I just I can't take it anymore. <laughs> run Jackson Smith. Now. Run Jackson Smith and Jigbo over a five-yard crosser. Like, run a rub route. Do something. Like, it's so frustrating to watch this team. Have a check down that Gino can look to constantly. In the The red zone. The Freddie Swain drag route done to Jackson Smith and Jigba is basically just like a free five yards. It might go for a lot more. In the red zone. In the red zone. You already have condensed the field. You don't need to condense it more by just conceding two-thirds of the the middle of it. Like, that's the thing that bothers me the most about the way the Seahawks are playing football right now. And, you know, it's really hard to think. The fact that this defense created three, three and outs against this 49ers team, a team that is very hard to do that to, and played, I think, a decent brand of football for a lot of it but was just put in bad position after bad position by this offense, just not being able to put a, a, a they put together a single drive. They put together this a is, single uh, drive. Two weeks in a row where the defense, you, you know, you can't really say that the defense has been bad because they've been on the field the whole time. It's, it's a hard team to just stop every time too. Like there, we're not going to stop the 49ers from scoring any points, but if we score a touchdown on that drive, they come back out. They, they went six plays, 33 yards and punted. And then we get another drive going like the, we're we're in this football game. It's 24, 17 and we have the ball, but like it we just bottled them up as much as anybody really bottles them up. Like if the offense could sustain a drive instead of the it's instead of giving San Francisco's offense the ball so many times, they probably score like if our offense could sustain any drives, they probably score 21 maybe 24 points 20 yeah i think this game is like 24 20 23 you know like we're like right in it you know it's close game i i just think the way reason we got blown out is because of the offense even though 31 looks bad on the statue you look at that and say okay the defense didn't have a great game yeah they didn't have a great game but they did not have a horrible game they had the kind of game that gives you a chance to beat the 49ers leonard williams was really good witherspoon was really good 
Draymond was really good. Taylor had a sack. Like this team played good. 21 pressures on the 49ers is good. This was a good game for a pretty solid game for the defense. You know, like I said, I don't think it's a top 10 defense, but it's not super far behind that. It's a middle 10 defense. Brock Purdy was checked down Charlie seven yards per attempt. Um, nine yard eight dot. Like that's you're you're basically keeping him in check and having him to be forcing him to be an efficiency machine. None of their receivers went for over a hundred yards. Their leading receiver is Debo Samuel, who has who always uh, kills us. That guy yeah. always yeah. kills us. Who's also just really friggin' good at football. <laughs> like Christian McCaffrey averaged six yards per carry, but honestly, like we still did a decent job of like reigning in their offense. Another thing too is like situational football. You know, like they they got that first down pass to to Kittle, which is basically all the thing that that dude did in the whole game. But man, it's just like you know that's just where they're going on like, that I long third down. Apparently, what? Why? Why is Jamal Adams just soloed up on Kittle? Like that's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. I, Sorry, I, think, I was thinking of the uh, of the Jennings first down where they had to pull Tariq afterwards because he oh just my gosh. He, he was just like my arms don't work and I can't tackle. And it's like well that's that's exposed. T- Tariq Willen got benched in this game and I think deserved it. It's all to. the it's all the things that we are worried about with Tariq Willen coming out of college. But like instead of year one, it's in year two. It's really weird. He has hoping that it's just a sophomore slump. Yeah, it's it's, well, it's he's weird. not having a terrible season. He's just doing terribly at certain things and in ways and in high leverage situations that accentuate them. It's, and another thing, too, is it's 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 all the stuff like where you like realize, oh, yeah, this guy wasn't a very polished football player coming out of college. And that lack of polish is showing a lot more in year two than year one for whatever reason. Maybe last year they just didn't throw at him. That is a that is another thing is that he is being targeted in a way that he was never targeted last year. Um, not that not that he's getting a ton of targets. He's still not getting targeted that much. But like he is taking on more targets in because Witherspoon and Brown and even Jackson is are all playing really good football. So that's another another thing that's happening. Um, the middle of the field is way too Eric, I thought this is the kind of something I had teed up for you. The middle of the okay. field feels way too soft for how much we've invested in those positions. <clears throat> uh this is a great point because our defense is making entirely too much money to be. Oh man, I really hate harping on the defense. I don't think that we're there as far as like a great defense, but I feel like our defense is building towards something good, which again, this is, this kind of goes into the long picture of things. Boys, what do you see as, like, good. You're right though the inv- the money it's like the, the Diggs, look at how much money we're paying Wagner Diggs Wagner Brooke, Wagner Brooks little... a first round pick Are uh, you ready to play Adams a... are, Julian are you... Love makes a decent decent chunk of change It's, it's are like you... these I I'll ask you this uh, Jordan Brooks is going to be asking for a contract next year No Yeah exactly but he's going to command a lot So there's your take, there's your first take round a walk pick. Take a walk unless he's really cheap, in my opinion. It's like the if he's, first round draft pick that you have basically uh, put, was, put something into who now is just going to walk because you have not been able to build anything around this guy. It was it's it's been hard because the injury too. Yeah. Like I feel like the injury he is he's not the year back. without Bobby was a really frustrating and the year without year. Bobby and he got hurt and I don't yes. know it's just it's been a it's been a lot so. No, I'm but not 100% I mean, sure. The, the middle of the field is soft, but guys, I kind of want to look at the, you said Nathan going to the big picture. Like, 
You're ready. You're done with the 49ers game. I'm I 100 done. <laughs> Because this is kind of important, and we're we're gonna harp on some bad. And teams. every offensive point we're about to make is a big picture point, anyway. Exactly. That's fair. Okay, so let's do I'm... it. Um, let's start with this. Okay. Uh, let's start with Pete Carroll. I think you gotta start at the top. Perfect. This the is head perfect. Of, the head of the you have to go for the head of the snake. <laughs> <laughs> the the Seahawks coaching snake. Let's go for the head. Um, okay, Pete Carroll. There's been a lot of talk in Seahawks circles this week. Um, you can read the articles. Uh. Seahawks draft blog did one. Hawk blogger did one. Um, everyone's doing uh, their 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 Pete Carroll takes this week. Um, no coincidence. So, no coincidence. This is the week to do it, right? This is the week. This is the week where we lose thirty-one to three. We're six and five. We're staring down, uh, potentially missing the playoffs, and then the Vikings lose to the absolute dog water Bears to to to, <laughs> to, 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 to really make me feel like there's no way we're missing the playoffs. But man, it's probably going to be ugly. Uh, really proving our NFC take really uh, really solid right here. Man, man we're making three, the... eight, and nine teams to make the playoffs in the <laughs> NFC. It's one hundred percent. It is. We're going to make the playoffs at eight and nine. The Rams are only going to get seven wins. So we're going to just slip in there, even though they have the tiebreaker. Uh, okay. The, yeah. Okay. So back, back to business, back to bu- the business. At hand. <laughs> um, Pete Carroll. Okay, is he past it? Is this the time? Is this finally, is it the time we need to, uh, to move on? I mean, Wait, he is the oldest coach it. in the NFL. Okay. Is he past so, it? I want to know what you like. Is he, is he out of his element? Can he not coach anymore? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Is he like, is this it? Should this be it? Should this be the end of the road for Pete Carroll? Should we, should, I'm, I mean, should they fire? I don't think that, that he'll ever get fired. Kevin, I think he's got Kevin, can I take check. this first? Yeah, do it. absolutely. Is- I don't, I don't think it's uh, the end of the road for Pete Carroll. I think it's the end of the road for Pete Carroll with us. And uh, maybe, you know, he can oh. earn my respect because, you know, I, I love Pete, but look at where this team's at right now and look at where it's been. Going back to what you want to hit 20, let's go 2018. Let's give it a year because, you know, there was a couple years. That's a good move. It's a good start. Good starting point. A year after Russell Wilson tore his ACL, which is not official. I'm waiting for Russell to come out with a book in his book he's going to (laughs) write. The year Indomitian Sue killed him in game one when he played for Miami. When he had it, when he had a slip disc. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Russ tore his ACL that year because he could not stand on that thing. Um, Probably the year after that. What have we been doing? Like um, that's that's a question for every Seahawk fan and for you guys. What have we been doing? We've been um, winning water, winning nine to ten games, losing yes. in the first playoff game. Yes, and maybe we made it to the second round, but that that whole diatribe I went on like three weeks ago, where I was like, "We're not a playoff team. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs." My point in that was, guys, if we get to the playoffs, what does that mean? That goes back to my old point of we're the the 2006 Sonics. We're always going to make the playoffs. We're never going to get to rebuild. We're going we get to, to be... we get to make the playoffs and get smoked. Yep. And actually, we beat the we beat the Lions, so maybe we won't get smoked by the Lions. And there, and I, we just lose regular lose. There are enough teams that have just gone to zero and that are good again. And there's bad organizations like you know the Falcons. I think are going to be be sucking for years. I don't really know if I trust that organization, but is there, is there any coaching Maven that we can bring in? And that kind of sucks to say, but you know, we have to blow up this team or figure something out. We got a great return for Russell Wilson, but what's it done for us? What's it going to do for us? 
So this is the problem that I have mostly with firing Pete Carroll this year. It's not the idea of firing Pete Carroll, which I'm actually moderately okay with. Like if the problem is that this is the year there's like 11 head coaching vacancies, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like, there's at least six and probably closer to 10. And if we fire our coach 11, um, and I think a lot of those situations are going to look a lot more appealing to people than There's coming not 11 in here good candidates, and, tr- yeah. and trying to win with Geno Smith. So it's like, hey, you know what? Like we we can talk to the the, the hot head coaching candidates, but like which one of which one of them is going to want to come in here and coach with Geno? I think a lot more likely path to to us being good is Pete like kind of biting down and being like, you know what, I. I'm going to take my hands off the offense and I'm going to hire one of the actually hot offensive coordinator candidates. Cause like Waldron did come from the McVay tree and like people can be like, Oh yeah, the McVay tree is a good tree. But like you can go actually get like the, like who's the OC for the well, dolphins. You could go get Frank um, Reich for instance, who's shown that he can be an offensive no, coordinator. Just get, do not coach. get Frank Reich. Go get Frank. Frank Smith, like the guy, the guy for the Dolphins, like go get the actually young, like smart, like innovative guy. Go, go get that guy and let him cook. Do not let him do not come in here and say, hey, we don't throw over the middle because we don't like turnovers. Hey, we we uh, do this, you know, like this guy might like the doll. This these Dolphins, you know, bring those fancy offensive concepts in here. Let let those guys cook. That's what I think you got to do. I don't think you can you can. uh you can go with one of these retreads like 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 in the Frank Reich. go because if the thing about like the Dolphins is he doesn't have play calling duties, right? McDaniels is the play caller. So you can like tempt him over with like, hey, we're going to hand you the reins of this offense the same way we got Waldron with McVeigh. The problem is, you know, Waldron was Russ's guy, I guess. And that's obviously I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> poison poison. I'm not I'm not against the idea of firing Pete Carroll. It's just but you're saying you know, he's a good at Bible study. It's just a bad Frank Reich, dude. That's why he got fired. The last Bible study was garbage. Um, (laughs) That last one, uh, David Tepper went to that one and he was like, dude, come on, man. That that was not it. And he just then David Tepper bought his house and burned it to the ground and then made a golf course on top of his house because David Tepper is what happens when really petty people get a million dollars. I mean, the thing is, you just watch. I don't understand how Frank Reich got hired for that job. You just watched him burn Indianapolis down. With Kurt, in all with fairness, Carson Wentz. It's he's, like that, he's also that old name, like uh, Schottenheimer had this, like you're an old coaching name, which uh, just bring this guy back, recycle him. Okay, but, so I have a question. Yeah. Uh, should the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin? So, so we can Mike, hire him? Absolutely, they had, Kevin. They had to do something. Really? Because so they they, uh, they lost in the wild card uh, in 21 and 20. They lost in the division round in 17. They lost in the conference finals in 16. And that was the last time that they made it past the division round. Uh, should uh, the uh, the Ravens fire Harbaugh? Like, why would they do that? They're, they're good right now. But yeah, he hasn't made it. To, he hasn't made it past the division round since 2012. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I don't think they should be against won multiple playoff games. I'll give this. A I don't good think argument, that's Kevin. a. I don't think that's an immediate dismissal <laughs> of Pete Carroll. Now we could talk about it, and I'm not saying it's illegitimate to discuss moving on from Pete Carroll. I'm just saying when you look at franchises around football, and you look at uh, teams that are considered to be routinely successful teams, should should the Patriots fire Bill Belichick? 
Yes. Yes. So then that that's the thing. Like <laughs> they should fire Bill Belichick, and I agree with that. And the, I think you got to think about if the if the Steelers don't start to turn the offense around, like at some point you have to look at Tomlin. And that's the thing I think that's happening with us right now is that Pete Carroll has not had a top ten defense in a long time, and as a defensive coach, yeah. he has not been able to hang his hat on a top ten defense in like almost ten years, I think. And so for me, it's like, yeah what are we getting out of Pete Carroll as the defensive head coach here? Like when was the last time he had a top 10 DVOA defense, Kevin? Do you know? I'll, uh, I'll 2018? I thought it was 2016. So it's like, but it's a long Might time be. either way, five plus years. Okay. He hasn't had a top 10 defense in a long time. The offense has been up and down, but at this point, like how much of that was, how much of that was the offense and how much of that was Russell Wilson. And we're seeing it in Denver. Russell was poisoned by Nathaniel Hackett. He's not that bad. He was not, agent, th- agent three uh, was given a tough hand with, <laughs> with Hackett there because that was not a, a match made in heaven. They've won five straight games. They're playing good football. So, yeah, you know, how much of those top offenses was because Russ was a really good player. He's a Hall of Fame level quarterback. Okay, He's one, he's one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. And, yes, he sucked last year, but he's, he's back playing black to playing at a really high level. And – you know, he's he's playing the Russell Wilson games, though. They're, they're, it's still the yep. same stuff where it's yes. like one big play, big play, three drives of a complete frustration, big play. What he does, like, what he does. It's yeah, like classic absolutely. Russell Cause Wilson of stuff. and solution to all offense problems. Yeah. <laughs> he's just the he's just the worst. It's insufferable football. I, I can't I can. I'm, I'm kind of glad to be away from it. It is a product that once you've watched it that much, it is impossible to continue watching. Yes, I, I, I'm just going to continue to say I do not think I think the team should look at everything everything because the way we're building we have the talent we are doing good on the gm side but the game day coaching side is a problem and i agree i just feel like the is pete past his prime debate yeah i feel like it's coming down on the side of far more settled than i think it should and that's that's why i want to bring this up is i feel like there are a lot of other coaches in a very similar situation that are not considered washed and so I I want to be very careful about considering Pete washed. Um, a good take I keep hearing, like, I feel like uh, Michael Sean Dugar, Amanda Mann, has a really good take, which is it's hard to go out and find a coach that is good at all the things Pete is good at and better than Pete at the things Pete is bad at. And I think that is a really important thing to keep in consideration. Yeah. Now, your thought of hiring a head coach of the offense, I think, is the most logical turn so, for this. And that becomes a pride question for Pete. And I think that's a really good one to have. I just Pete, don't want it to be considered a settled Pete is washed to me. And I don't think anyone's questioning Pete is one of the best or maybe even the best culture builder in the NFL. And we've seen how quickly that can fall apart for other guys like Bill Belichick with the Patriot way. It only worked when he had Tom Brady. Once he didn't have Tom Brady, people were like, hey, I don't want to play around with this Patriot way stuff. This sucks because <laughs> we don't have the GOAT <laughs> as our quarterback. And it's like, but yeah, also, okay. He's renowned for it, being kind of miserable to work for. That is it, not the case with Pete. <laughs> it worked. It worked for him because he was winning and because he had the best quarterback and because they were all all in together. Pete is able to build a great culture. Doesn't matter, regardless of players. When he had Russ, when he has Geno, when he had Tavares Jackson. Tavares the, Jackson, the, yeah. The, the culture was all, the culture is always good. Pete as a culture builder is not in question. The question is, is he willing to let someone else in at the level that we need to because we don't need culture. Culture is good. I You watch those sideline, like go watch the sideline mic'd up with Devin Witherspoon. It's unquestionable. This team has great culture. These guys get it. The, the little hammers thing is working. 
Okay. The, the little hammers are, are working. Okay. We love the little Here's hammers. The thing. I love Pete. Still, like I always appreciate Pete, but he has no idea how to, and this is not just offense. I don't think he has any idea how to hire an assistant coach. Like yeah. look at all these defensive coaches, mm-hmm. the offensive coaches. None of these are guys that I trust or want and, on our team, managing our team. At this point, like uh, you have a defensive head coach, Pete Carroll. All the hot coaches are offensive guys or hands-off guys. Pete needs to be a hands-off guy. He needs to transition to, hey, I'm handing over my offense to this guy who's really good, really trusted, and knows what he's doing. I'm handing my defense off to this guy. He has not hired guys that I feel like he thinks that he can do that with or that he feels comfortable doing that with. Yeah, and the thing an is, interview he keeps, head coach is executive. He keeps firing his coordinators, okay? That... That's that's a Pete problem. That's a Pete problem. Yes, and this is the this is the thing with Pete. Like it's it's Pete needs to he needs to find guys that are up and coming that are good. Also, it would be really nice if he found an offensive coordinator who was hot, y- hot and young, <laughs> and upcoming. Yeah, let's say young and hot. hot you just hired Jonathan wants to hire Cliff Kingsbury as the Seahawks offensive coordinator. The memory. <laughs> Of not that kind of hot. Um, okay, <laughs> that's more that's more sexy. Young upcoming. Anyway, uh, uh, honestly, decide getting hired away by the Eagles sucked. That was the right kind of hire. He but, should have been hired as. But the size a defensive guy. Like I know, but a, I'm saying like hire that kind of guy on both sides of the football, and then bring in the, the executive. Bring in the trusted offensive guy. Position yourself as the culture builder executive, and slowly transition yourself to the president of football operations and off of the field. Like that's what Pete needs to do, and he needs to pick the offensive guy who's going to be the coach of the future, right? I'm like that's that. that's the guy that that's what he needs to do. He needs to look around football, and he needs to figure out like, hey, who are the hot offensive coordinator candidates? Who are the guys that that I want to go get? You know, do I want to go get? I don't know who's the who's the uh, I know Clint. Clint Kubiak is a guy people talk about. That's the 49ers passing game coordinator. Um, people people say he's he's real good. Uh, that's that's a hot guy. The the Dolphins. I, uh, coach. I want I want to make uh, sure the hot guy is the guy. I want uh, Kyle Shanahan. I want McVay. I don't want like I don't want I don't want the coaching tree of McVay. I don't want Shane. Walton. Well, the Shanahan coaching tree is like the okay. So I actually looked into this. I was like, what are the best co- most successful coaching trees in the current NFL? Shanahan, Kyle and Mike, mo- you know, both they're there. That's that's like number one. And number two is Andy Reid. So, I, you know, if you maybe we should have gone and got Eric Bieniemy. I don't know. He's making Sam Howell. He's making people think Sam Howell's a good quarterback, which is just high wizardry. Who we should have gotten was Todd Munkin. <laughs> Todd Munkin makes me really upset. Todd Munkin would have been a good one. Who's the OC for the Huskies? That guy's got to be like getting some buzz. That, uh, yeah, but he's a college guy, Ryan Grubb. But if yeah, you wanted Ryan to come Grubb. up, yeah, take Ryan Grubb. Yeah, that's that's a guy. Left handed like quarterback. For. Um, I know the Rams got a couple guys now, like uh, JPs. But the McVeigh coaching tree has not done well. Other than Lafleur has been impressing me lately. I thought like, oh, you know, without Rodgers, he'll be kind of what. But he is like really figuring it out with a group of really young wide receivers in a way that I'm like, okay, okay, Matt Lafleur. French coach, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's he's 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 been good. I'm I'm actually like kind of kind of into it. So yeah, this is a you know you got to look around. You got to look around and find like an offensive guy, an offensive mind that you feel like you could build. You know, maybe Ken Dorsey. You you do the redemption arc. You know, Pete loves a redemption arc, and Ken Dorsey was not the problem with the Bills. He got fired because they they uh, had twelve guys on the field. 
like, yeah, like, I, wonder about, <laughs> I wonder about Kellen Moore too. Like Kellen Moore getting saddled with the Staley experience after oh getting the. Uh, I always the, thought Kellen Moore was slightly overrated, though. So I, but I, I, I do think it. That's the kind of guy you want to look at, though, for sure. Yeah, uh, um, getting McCarthy'd and then Staley—that's rough. Yeah, Staley is just the. Worst. I don't know. That guy must have. Oh wait, I forgot. Dean Spanos is just the cheapest owner in the NFL. Yes. Okay. He's the worst. <sighs> so okay, that's that. So okay, so let's let's say this. Well, we all know at this point, Pete, Pete, stay, Pete, go. Doesn't matter. Waldron is toast. We all agree on that. Yes. You see, Pete. I think he kind of has to be. Pete, Pete, Pete Carroll gave him the interview. Kiss of death. He gave him the kiss of death. He was like, "We're not getting enough out of these guys." Uh, like that is just like Shane Waldron he is overrated. He like we didn't have a plan for Jackson Smith and Jigma when he was doing well, and it's like, oh, yeah. like, like he he basically refused to say Waldron's name the entire time, which is basically him going, "I'm not going to say it's this guy's fault." I'm just not going to not say it's this guy's fault. It's like when he didn't deny any of the rumors about Russ's ego. And you're like, that is the most confirming thing ever. Yeah. It, it, uh, also six, six sacks in this game. Like Gino, Gino, get rid of the ball. He, Gino, get rid of the ball. I have to just He's say, He's been talking about Gino that does not give his receivers opportunities to make plays. His receivers have to be open. And I get that DK had some bad drops, but sometimes you got to throw it up to a guy like DK or JSN because if you if you believe that they're the types of receivers that we all believe they are, you give them the chance to go get the ball. It's like when this guy's this guy's under pressure, it is just a different player. When he's not under pressure, and actually, you know, if you look around the Dallas blogosphere, they're all like, oh, man, Geno Smith looks kind of good on tape. He's kind of sneaky good. You got to watch out for this Geno Smith. But it's like they're going to – I'm just getting into next week's game a little bit. They're going to crush Geno Smith if Micah Parsons is just getting off on every play. They're going to just kill us because Geno won't make any decisions in time and Micah Parsons will put him in the dirt. And Waldron is not going to run any underneath routes – any dump shallow passes, intermediate dump offs, immediate any any sort of you know final like a check down option that is within five yards of him. That's what's frustrating too. Like I I'm not gonna defend Gino here against what you're saying, but Waldron is also giving him like, hey, find that guy twenty yards downfield. Yeah, well, that's add another layer to it too. Gino got lookout blocked by uh, Phil Haynes and is clearly hurt. He did not have the zip on the outside passes that he normally does. And he's going to hang one for Deron Bland, who has made it his personal More goal touchdowns. to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns as a cornerback. And it's, it's like, ridiculous. like, I do not like that particular combination with a gambling secondary and Gino hanging it out there because he got his shoulder lit up. That is on things on Thanksgiving when Bland returned the touchdown, it said like a new rookie record or a new NFL record or a tie. And I was like, he's going to break that next week. The, the if, <laughs> and, uh, other thing too, is before someone says to me, Oh, well he completed eight passes uh, over the zero to 10 intermediate mark eight for eight for 73 yards. I don't care. Like a lot of plays, especially important plays, third downs in the red zone. Like we just abandon the middle of the field. That actually proves my point. Like those passes were working eight for eight for 73 yards. You know what you should do if that you're getting success like that? Just keep doing it until they stop you. This is this is something else that drives me nuts. It's like we have things in this offense that work and we're just like, nah, you know what? Screw that. Let's do something different. 
Let's try something. Let's go, let's go for a let's big do, shot. Let's do a shotgun uh, third, run oh. on third and short. Third and short. On, let's third and short. <laughs> let's throw it up fifty yards. Let's get the big play. It it's cool. It's cool every strong. once in a while. But like, don't. Hey, how about we don't do that as like a, you know, kind of. I don't staple of our offense. I'm, I'm, I've been losing my mind with this play calling guys. It's just slowly. My brain is turning too much. I, uh, as far as Gino goes, um, like I've said before, you look to improve upon Gino, but you do not look to overspend to improve upon Gino. Gino's uh, the canary the, in the coal mine. If everything's if the, good, canary's sweeten. If things are South, he's dead in the cage. If, if the opportunity presents itself, if we are picking at pick number 18 and Jaden Daniels is available, well, he's him. They make the pick. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But if the opportunity does not present itself, uh, do not pick J.J. McCarthy because you feel like you need to get a quarterback that bad. Maybe J.J. McCarthy lights up the playoff and it changes my mind. But What if <laughs> right? J.J. McCarthy is somehow available in the fifth round, Nathan? He, he won't be. Uh, J.J. McCarthy. My Nathan point, though, is – hold on. I don't want to go into – specific players but what i mean is i really want to talk about jj mccarthy though. i feel okay, like i feel like the seahawks need to be looking at quarterback any way they can yes i agree yeah i so mean that's not just like take up oh, well we yeah, can't if you want to take pick. riley leonard in the third because right. he was hurt something like that. interesting spencer, if you want to take spencer Travis rattler Todd, in the fourth yeah if you, uh, that's what you want to do yeah I, if you want to take a uh what spencer KJ Jefferson out of arkansas because you think he's going to be dak prescott like yeah I all can these guys that. are like, better than drew lock because they're cheaper than drew lock and they have upside yes my jj mccarthy take though is that man? This guy can really do everything, but then they ask him to do nothing, and there's got to be a reason. <laughs> there's got to be a reason. There's got to uh, be a reason. Matt Corral, his co- his coach is like, when the game's on the line, I don't trust this it, guy for nothing. Anytime, anytime they played a really good team, he, they just didn't throw, and it's like, what, wait, what? They just yeah, that don't was throw? that was their turnaround plan in the second half against what was it, Penn State? We're like, we're gonna run the ball sixty times. Like, like including running it design runs with the quarterback and not I've having to throw once. I've seen this guy play. He's pretty good. No, no, he we were not throwing once. We just need to make sure that we, it's, it's like okay, all right, well, whatever you say. So, well, yeah, so, yeah. my best I, my best favorite part of that is it that's Harbaugh did that, but Harbaugh's interim coach did the same thing. Two coaches, two head coaches independently were like, we're taking the ball out of this guy's hands. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely concerning when you're like evaluating a quarterback. It's like those are the games you want to see him step up and like really show out. And it's like they just took the ball out of they were like, no, no, you cannot. OK, uh, let's get let's get to previewing, uh, getting into the preview against the Dallas game. This is Thursday night football tomorrow. Um, I'll be posting this Wednesday night at like, I think my internet was out for 20 hours yesterday. So we had to record a day late. So now we're coming in, we're coming in right. You're going to be listening to this the morning of the game, getting ready for, uh, for the throwbacks. That's cool. Right. Throwbacks. (coughs) Yep. Yeah. We'll look good. Are Dallas wearing uh, their throwbacks? Sorry. Dallas is wearing throwbacks, I think. Yeah, aren't they wearing the white, the all white ones with the oh, white? I, I forgot they actually do have throwbacks. I was just like, yeah, I think they, they do have, have the same throwbacks. uniform for for forty years. I mean, it looks you're gonna you're gonna see it. You're gonna be like, that's not a throwback, but it I think it is actually, isn't it, Eric? Isn't the star it? is slightly well, there's, tilted. There's, well, there's the white helmet with the blue star, and then they always wear their white jerseys at home. So we'll um, see what they wear. <laughs> Let's see here. Dallas Cowboys uniform tracker. Here we go. They're going to wear. So I'm on the, I'm on this Twitter account, Dallas Cowboys uniform schedule. It looks like this is. Yeah, they're 
there it just looks so similar to the other it's <laughs> uniform i think this is they have four uniforms but they wore this they're wearing this one quite a bit uh but i no, think I it is i think it is supposed to be like um no the throwback ones are the ones with the stars on the upper thing which they wore against washington i don't think they're uh they're wearing because they have they have a throwback. It's like a white helmet with a more plain looking uh, star on it, and it has stars on the shoulders. But I don't think they're wearing uh, those. I think they're just wearing their regular. Uh... Either way, we are going to be channeling when <laughs> those in our uniforms. It's kind of cool to see them. But remember, boys and girls, when we wore those uniforms, we were, were mostly trash. bad. The defenses were good. John uh, John Kitna John Kitna was uh, our quarterback. Uh, man, we had Larry Williams horrible... being our Cortez Kennedy in this one. Yes. Horrible offenses. Some horrible offenses were these uniforms. But but hey, Eugene Robinson, Sean Springs, uh, Sam Adams, and Cortez Kennedy. Ooh, Mike Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. Good. we good we de- lost a lot defenses. of six three games. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, cra- <laughs> it was so hard to watch. You love Smash Mouth football. You would have loved this. Look uh, look back at that year that we we didn't get Drew Locke. It was like a lot of like oh ten to three. Six to three, 13 to seven. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else I want to get to before I like start to really think about that? I uh, know. Okay. So Dallas, Dallas is not a great matchup for us. Nope. To, to say the least. Uh, really <laughs> Go good. On. Really good speed rushers. Uh, a lot of, a lot of wide receivers who can really work routes and work the middle of the field. Uh, CD lamb is like the slot God. <laughs> <laughs> that is like not something I want. Devin Witherspoon's good, so maybe we'll I be able see to bottle so up. much man coverage in this game, and we're not going to see it, and that's going to frustrate me. Yeah, I feel like it's... if we man up and let the pass rushers get after Dak, we have a shot, but I just don't think we're going to do that. Yeah, just we're just a me- we're just a middle of the road football team, and Dallas is actually like low key kind of good. I the NFC is weird. Do you want a really year, hot though, take? And good NFC, it just means okay. You want a yeah, scorcher? Me, like yeah, I would yeah, rather. Scorcher. I think we have a better chance to beat the Eagles than we do to beat the Cowboys. I agree. I totally agree. I agree on matchups. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a better matchup for us. This is it's a, bad a better matchup, and for like some reason, uh, our like our regular uniforms are like a, a weird kryptonite. To the right, you want to go one higher than that? I think we have a better shot at being San Francisco in Santa Clara than beating the beating Dallas. It just feels. I, I would not be surprised to see us come back and that's, beat San Francisco. This team Mercury for me, Kevin. This team feels custom built to just like beat us up. The way the way we beat them is what Kevin said. We decide like to go, you know, extra man coming after Dak. We go, we go man to man. We like try to try to just get after the quarterback. We kind of over pursue that. We go ahead and we. We and they're off- they're gambling corners miss, and we get a couple of long touchdowns. Yep. We break some plays. Like this is the toxic big play offense. Game. Big play offense. Like there is a path to victory here. We whip out it, our toxic D and beat them to death with it. It feels very similar to last week, where I feel like you know one third chance of us winning a close one, one third chance of them winning a close one, and then one third chance of us just getting blown out which does not bode well uh let's see let's see uh, fpi says we have actually worse than i thought we'd be closer to 30 percent. we have a 20 percent chance of winning this game Neat. our playoff odds still sit at about a coin flip according to fpi and uh pfr thank you chicago bears <laughs> i guess <laughs> for no, thank you minnesota vikings for being the minnesota vikings the, for the, losing the to the bears the pastronaut has been grounded the pastronaut has been grounded 
Yeah, it's, it's awful. Just hor- that was a, that was like one of the worst games. That was almost as awful to watch as the uh, Seahawks versus the 49ers, just uh, for a completely different reason. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's get let's get our picks in, uh, picks and predictions. Eric, start us off. Dallas is a nine point favorite, over under forty seven and a half. So the implied score is something like twenty seven to <laughs> to nineteen. So what do you think? Uh, 27 19 sounds about right. I'm going with uh <laughs> I'm going with the optimistic take and I'm going to go Dallas 28 Seahawks 20. Um we're going to score. We're going to score this game, guys. We're getting 20 points. That's my optimistic take. We're going to get the I, ball and we're going to score. I heard you Eric. Yes. And I, a, every Seahawk tradition, nothing bad can happen now. I truly <laughs> believe that the Shane Waldron call out is going to help. I don't know why i believe that <laughs> i for don't week, there is no logic there's no logic there's no reason it doesn't make any sense we've seen shane waldron now just call terrible red zone offense and bad game after bad game there's no re there's no like pr- reason there's no good reasoning why i believe that i just think the fact that pete was so pointedly saying like we need some creativity in this offense we need to get our playmakers the ball we need to get something done it's going to lead to Shane calling a pretty good game, not just for the first drive, which the first drives have often looked very good. I just want to throw that out there. The first drives have looked pretty good. Well, give so, me the warm, fuzzy home runs on that. So I agree, Eric. We are going to score a few points, but okay. fall short 31 to 21 as their offense is able to work the middle of the field. CeeDee Lamb <laughs> goes for 160 yards and a touchdown. Oof. And uh, we just it, it's just tough sledding for the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Kevin, finish us off. We're going to put together exactly two good drives and force a turnover that we only get a field goal off of. 33-17, Dallas. Yeah, sounds about right to me. All right, so there are many ways uh, uh, to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for as little as $1.24 a month. Join the Seahawks Nest Discord, hang out with the guys, uh, just chat all week celebrate uh the uh, demise of your least favorite political figures <laughs> uh, so so uh the the thanks to those who support the show do it all for the tucci emmanuel andy brett cooper evan Floctimus, gavin james joe's joshua lucas malcolm ryan samuel terrence timothy tom astro blake washington fish quest on youtube make sure to check them out that's washington fish quest on youtube great stuff bob casey cracksnacker 420 daniel david feet me on rye Foles, jay luke michelle mike mike noah poops thomas warwolf brandon nick and chip okay uh if you want to record your pain the way that we are after the seahawks lose to the 49ers there's a great service that can help you do so it's called zencaster zencaster is what the seahawks Nest podcast has used for about eight years i don't know we've been with zencaster for a long time yeah for it's a while. been a, for quite a while it's been um, a while Zencaster, the only podcasting app we use. Yeah, it is the only podcasting app we use. We tried some other ones and liked them less, (laughs) to say the least. Coolest thing about Zencaster, uh, it does it all. You know, it'll edit your podcast for you. You got video, you got audio. You can uh, you can do a lot with it. It's kind of an all inclusive podcast platform. And uh, as we have uh, grown our our leadership, they have grown a lot, and it gets better all the time. I, I, that's the thing that impresses me most about Zencaster is it's consistently getting better. You can use our code, uh, Seahawks Nest, uh, at Zen.ai uh, to to get uh, to get I don't know what it is twenty five percent off. Uh, yeah, 25 percent off uh, your Zencaster subscription if you want to try it. Uh, also, if you just go to the Discord, I put a link in the announcements channel. You can check that out. Uh, that's Zencaster. Uh, yep, that's that's who we. <laughs> 
I don't That's know. It. The editor, this ad is over. I, I just keep. I, I don't. I don't script. I don't script the ad. I just kind of yes. wing it, and uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, the, That's some pretty good winging, now, Nathan. Now, should I? Now, the question is: Should I leave the part where I said that I wing it in the? Because I have to clip the ad, so I have to go in and I have to clip that and show I them what the ad is in the podcast. This part too. Should I include this part keep too? Keep going. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> all the way up until Movie Club is yeah. the ad. This is still part of the ad for Zencaster. We Make are sure to check them out. The... Zencaster.com. You search promo code Seahawks Nest when you like check out. Surprise! Like we are watching now. <laughs> We are st- you guys are still in the ad, just so you guys know. Kevin is ripping the mask off his face, and he's actually Zencaster. That's not that's not, not the episode's gonna start, and it's gonna be the ad. That's not Sting. That's a picture of Sting. <laughs> okay, so so uh, to, okay, the worst the worst the worst thing ever. Okay, uh, new Godzilla movie drops this week. It is supposedly excellent i believe it uh it's called godzilla minus one right is that right did i need do i need to look it up that's is what i believe it is godzilla yeah. minus I believe one godzilla bring a plus one if you're taking him to a wedding yeah. but this godzilla is godzilla minus one yeah I, this I is the godzilla that. that actually doesn't go to weddings kevin that's why okay. it's called godzilla minus now for one. those of you who are like well nathan you're the you're the action movie guy you got to do silent night don't worry it's coming okay so so uh it's not close enough to christmas yet <laughs> so godzilla minus one drop though and so the first discussion we had to we want to do fey five kaiju kaiju movies kaiju movies yeah, hell yeah all right so i put the kaiju alignment chart this will this is now in the movie club channel it is shown up in the movie club channel in the past uh, a few times this is a treasured phenomenon within uh okay within this debate so the alignment chart uh scale purists okay so are you scale purists kaiju, kaijus must be at least 40 meters tall that's a scale purist okay scale neutral kaijus must simply be larger than a regular animal okay and then scale rebel kaijus must be larger in scale than what they are interacting with Okay, so okay, so that's that's the first thing we got to decide. Then origin purist kaiju must be Japanese, uh, origin neutral kaiju don't need to be Japanese, just monsters and a threat to society. And then origin rebels kaiju's don't need to be a monster or a threat. And the examples they uh, some examples they give if you are scale neutral and origin rebel, Clifford the big red dog is a kaiju. Okay, Clifford the big red dog is a kaiju. If you are a scale rebel and an origin rebel, then Vanessa Bloom from the blue from the B movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kaiju okay and i think okay for me i i cannot get down with scale <laughs> scale scale rebel i do not think like like sit like origin neutral scale rebel sid from toy story is a kaiju i'm not into it it's not not doesn't work for me uh eric what do you think are, are you where are I'm, you at on this on this alignment chart do you need I to look at it origin new- no i already did uh okay uh when when we were talking too much about the 49ers i Definitely. Look at this. You were like, you were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at. <laughs> I was like, I said, I don't remember anything, and then I was like, oh, origin neutral. Uh, I'm right in the middle, guys. I'm, what? I'm the, I'm the X on the tic tac toe. Yeah, You're origin neutral, neutral, origin neutral, scale neutral, true which says neutral. King Kong is a kaiju, and uh, yeah, inarguable. I, I tend to lean origin neutral as well. I do think kaiju's need to be bad. Uh, for me, like Tafiti and Clifford, although large. For me, kaiju implies uh, it implies some level of uh, of terror. And I believe fear. kaiju translates to monster too. So I Clifford's not a monster. He's an adorable dog. He's our friend. kaiju. Literally means strange beast. 
So Boom. monsters, strange beasts. Uh, so yeah, Clifford. the for me like Clifford's not strange. He's a dog. <laughs> he uh, is so, red, Nathan, uh, and he's and he's about two stories tall. So so for me, I'm origin. Now, Kevin, I know you. I know you're fine with kaiju. Uh, you're or more of an origin rebel, correct? Okay, so I am. Uh, okay, so I have this weird cutout. Um, okay. I am willing to go scale neutral origin rebel or origin neutral scale rebel but i do not believe scale rebel origin rebel is a valid space because clifford would still strike fear into someone because it's a giant dog and that might skis you out yeah i'm not i'm so not you going might get near, like spooked by that if i and see like clifford sid, i'm not going near him and like sid was clearly a kaiju in that movie struck fear in the hearts of the protagonists like i am a kaiju to a cockroach that is just a fact you can deal with that on your own scale but specifically the benevolent like the origin rebel and scale rebel that that doesn't do nothing for me ain't happening i don't know clifford is so nice i don't know i just don't buy some it. some people it's are like word. deathly afraid of dogs but, man yeah but like it's just you i don't know and that dog could just... accidentally create a giant problem it's like literally the core point of a lot of them and books. i really do not like like tafiti as a kaiju <laughs> which is their origin rebel scale purchase i'm just like no yeah yeah we can, we can just be we can disagree a... Tafiti is not a kaiju. Tafiti is like a Totoro goddess. kaiju. Totoro? <laughs> yeah, I, I see where, Nate, where Kevin's coming from on that. I mean, I don't. I at least it's an understandable position. I will give you that, but it's just like I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not into it. Yeah. I want. I want my kaiju's bad. I want my kaiju's bad. So okay. Okay. What? What? Okay, Eric. What are you pant? So you love, we love kaijus. Uh, where we all like kaijus. We're gonna with that. So you're gonna put Super Mario Brothers movie. Get Bowser in there. No, 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 no. It's Godzilla '98. <laughs> Whoa, really? No, 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 like no. You were the one. You were the one. The one percent. The one percent on Rotten to Tomatoes. Chew, Eric likes to chew bubble gum because it makes him sound more American. This was a huge joke. That movie is a turn. <laughs> as a, Would you? As as a, like a twenty year old, I was like. Would you this rather watch good. Godzilla 98 again or the Catwoman movie again? Uh, I've never seen the Catwoman movie, so probably oh. Godzilla 98. Godzilla, uh, I will say, we, we can watch the Catwoman movie whenever you want. It is funny. It is much worse than Godzilla 98. It is somehow. the horniest movie ever made. It's <laughs> so weird. Dude, and if you want to see a human, like, get, why am I talking about the Catwoman? Okay. <laughs> Eric? Catwoman, not a kaiju. Eric, give me a real, real kaiju pick. All right, uh, you're talking about Catwoman because you're uh, Origin Rebel and, and Scale Rebel. Um, <laughs> I I feel like I, you got to put a Godzilla movie up here, and I don't know which one to put. Because I feel like if I put the original, I'm lying to myself. If I put any of the ones from like the 60s, those are fun, but it's not what I like Bro, put, to put in. I, do you Can I put in? Can I? Sure. Are but you open to judgment? Have, have you seen Shin Godzilla 2016? I, I've seen parts of Shin Godzilla. The human characters kind of suck, but yes. I mean, that's true of every Godzilla, except apparently Godzilla Negative One does the impossible. I kind of. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to put in uh, the Godzilla, the the new one, just the first the first one to kick off the new ones by Gareth Edwards. Is, do I have that right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that it? Guys, I mean, it's my choice, but. Am I wrong here? I think that's a very defensible pick. Here, here's here's why I like the movie. It's still Godzilla. You don't mm-hmm. see him as much as you should until you see him. 
So it's very much like there is a monster and you're not going to see him because no one else has seen him, even though he's huge. It's like this myth. They do a lot of misdirection, a lot of cool camera tricks, seeing him like, you know, like his fins in old pictures. They set up this world where that's uh, that's what the nuclear test was. Um, they set in this whole mythology around Godzilla. It works for me. Um, also, there's there's other monsters in it. And just a really cool ending where I I think that was the last time I wanted to stand up and cheer for a movie. Yeah, I know that's dumb, but screw it. We're going with uh, Gareth Edwards' uh, 2018, am I right about that? Classic Godzilla. All right, Kevin, you want to go next? You want me to go next? I'll go next. I got a good one. Go ahead, go ahead. Hit me. Uh, 2010 Norwegian film Troll Hunter. I knew it. Uh, I, knew I it. love this movie. It's yeah. a really cool movie. Uh, the trolls are really cool. It's a variety of kaiju of different sizes. So if you are a size rebel, um, or if you are a size neutral, you're good. But if you are a uh, size purist, you're still good. You get yours. Yeah, it's right. it's a fun movie, but also like it's just really good. It's really, it's really cool. well done, and I love how it builds its own lore inside of the movie as it goes. But we yes. talked about it a few times. It's just a really good movie. Yep. Uh, also, when he goes right. troll, it's just it always makes me laugh. <laughs> you want you want me to go? Uh, you want me to go super offbeat, or do you want what you got? I kind I kind of don't want to. I kind of don't want to. Uh... You don't I, have want a, a I have a slightly here, offbeat one that I think I can make hit for one of our like keepers. Okay, let's just go with Fifth Element then. Um, it's like planet sized, right? Like the the villain in this movie. Okay. So it's like it does uh, make Gary Oldman's head bleed black. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and I just want I just like that movie. When in, do you want to know my weird thing about Luke Bas- Luke Besson it is, is that I, I, I was like really excited when he made that Valerian movie. God. I was and I was like, I was like, oh, the movie, this movie about the Mormon siblings who uh, like they can't decide if they want to be in a relationship or not. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen two leads with less chemistry than they have than negative the Val- chemistry Valerian. Um, it's the most, it's the prettiest movie. It's perfectly encapsulates like what <laughs> is good about Luke Besson, which is that he can like really like frame up a scene and make everything look just so good in the, in the frame, everything. It's just like every frame's a painting, but man, that's the male just- protagonist in that movie. I think he's, I think he's the miscast. If I got to recast anyone to make that better, a better movie. He's Dane, so bad. He's out. Dane, D- Dane DeHaan. Yeah, gone. Uh, gone. Eyebrows, uh, way better. Cara Delevingne. But fifth, awesome. el- fifth element is, uh, is perfect. It's, it's great. It's, okay. it's super, it's, uh, it's super fun. Uh, it's got, like you said, Eric, it's got wacky Gary. It's got wacky stuff in it. It's, it's like, campy, but not, it's campy, but not in the bad way. Does that make sense? Yes. Like Valerian's campy in the bad way. This is campy in like the fun, the fun way. Like it's like, it's fun. It's very, very, uh, uh, anything. I mean, if you like Chris Tucker's probably the best part of this movie. He's delightful. If we're being, if we're being honest, he's so bizarre coming off of Friday. Bizarre. All right. Can I give a three movies? I want to pitch for our, uh, neutral spots. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So the three I want to put out there, um, Kong skull Island, because its high points are really, really high. I think it's a great movie. I actually really, really like really it. Really good. Enjoyable. Uh, Pacific Rim, because it hits the fighting kaiju angle the best of any movie. And uh, like it has the giant mech thing going on. It's that like I think that's just really cool. And it's just a good action movie. That was that was almost my pick, Kevin. Real real good. 
And uh, tw- uh, 2006, Bong Joon-ho's The Host. Oh, yeah, The Host was on uh, my shortlist. It was a host? Uh, that's that's also a real good. All, all three of those are great movies. Really enjoyable. Um, okay, I, now we now it's where we argue some stuff. Is Jurassic Park a kaiju movie? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Sure, but I feel like I want to keep that in dinosaur movies. Also, that okay. was on TV when I came in this room. I would say, it's a kaiju movie, but it doesn't scratch enough of my kaiju itches for me to put it on this list. Well, mainly because it the doesn't Velociraptor do enough kaiju is things. The, yes, the Velociraptor kind of tries to steal the show, and it's just uh, it's a little too small. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's I'm a, just. I, I think alternatively, I'm stirring the pot a little bit. I will admit it. It's a great Angry Birds movie. Dinosaurs, okay. birds. <laughs> the end. Thank you, okay. Kevin. Ghostbusters. I don't feel like the kaiju's are prominent enough in the movie for me. But it's I mean, kaiju. that is a kaiju marshmallow man. That yeah. is well, like one thousand percent kaiju. To defend Nathan's and, fifth element, and if we're being if we're being origin neutral, Statue of Liberty also a kaiju in that movie. That's uh, Ghostbusters too. The Ghostbusters 2. The Superior and Ghostbusters that's not a, movie, that's, movie, right, guys? No, go, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Murray, Bill Murray is funny. I was funnier. about to make Nathan yeah. defend the Ghostbusters movie. This is my Bill Murray part. is funnier in Ghostbusters 2, and it hurts me to defend Ghostbusters. I not like. I always have said I like Ghostbusters, but it might be the most overrated movie from my childhood. Uh, and and uh, so, yeah. Oh, it does okay. have Dan Aykroyd in it. Nailed it. Okay, did did you want to go go? You had a thing you were saying though, Eric. I didn't kind of interrupt. Oh no, just uh, I agree. Like that is a not a kaiju movie, but a great kaiju scene, similar to your Fifth Element take. There's the kaiju's the big bad, but it, you kind of don't know what it is. Um, whereas this also has a big bad, but he shows up at the end. Okay, I got a couple more. You guys ready? Uh, the blob. Oh, there you go. Top blob. Blob is a kaiju. Uh, Tremors. Ooh. Graboids. Graboid. The Graboids is the that's Graboids the Western kaiju movie. movie, even though it probably takes place in Colorado. Okay, uh, Okja. Oh, I never, okay. I never seen the Okja. It's still on my Netflix watch list with a hundred other movies. It's a good. It's movie. very enjoyable. Uh, and then that's a very Clifford the Big Red Dog kaiju. That's a good choice. Nope. Oh. Nope. Still haven't. I didn't seen even it. think of Nope. Nope. That's a good pick. So good. I, someone who loves Jordan Peele, that's much a he says so. Nope was Nope was almost my pick, but I was like, I'm not gonna be able to convince them the Fifth Element has a kaiju. <laughs> like, I think I would have. I, I'm gonna spend the whole time arguing about if it's a kaiju. But I was like, I think I can convince them to pick Nope. We would nope have to is... argue. Okay, so if, but also a Fifth Element is then Guardians of the Galaxy Two is also a kaiju. Movie. I agree with that. You can call that a kaiju movie. I don't love Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Neither I do I. But Guardians One. Movie. Guardians One is good. Guardians but two is is less good. Are are there any kaiju's in the other Marvel movies? Are there any like giant? Um, Ant sure. Man is Ant Man a kaiju? <laughs> yeah, when he go when he grows. Yeah. Well, when he and, when he and, punches out regular guys with kaiju. guns. Yeah. All, then he's all the other guys kaiju. are. All yeah. the other. Guys I don't are. think he gets big in the first one though, and that's the best one. No. I think he gets big in Civil War, and then and he gets then the second one. Yeah. He gets big in the second one and. Civil War is okay, and the second Ant Man is so so okay. Uh, okay, so I like uh, I like Ant Man and the Wasp more than I like Civil War. The end. Anyway, um, okay, so I if I could pick any two movies we talked about, I'd probably pick Nope and The Host. I'm open to I'm very open to other other options. But Can I those make are the, the argument? Those that are my top. We two. should pick 
one horror, so either the host or nope, and one action. Which would you? What would the? What would the? What are the action? All right, I'm gonna. Or can we fast lane Kong Skull Island because you can't make a kaiju list without without Kong? I do think that's probably a. But I already have Godzilla in here, and we always do the. Well, you already have this. I love Kong Skull Island. Just saying, if I had to pick two. I would pick the host because I would like an international flavor, especially since I took the American Godzilla and put that in. Um, <laughs> and then I would probably put guys. I got to be honest with you. Pacific Rim is just so much fun. It is really good. It is. Really it's fun. just really fun. Hmm. So that's my vote. Uh, go nuts. All right. I, I, uh, I would rather have a movie in than a Godzilla movie. If I had to pick between the two, that's me. Yeah, you rather have a you rather have a can't take out my pick. Monk, monkey is. Pick. An, I know I can't take his pick. I'm just saying I don't. I don't feel like having a Godzilla movie makes up for not having a Kong movie. Oh, okay. You want you want both. You want your cake and to eat it as well. Uh, I'll just change my pick to nope. Then that's fine. I I uh, I'm fine with just I I got I made my point with the fifth element. Now everyone can make fun of me in the Discord. <laughs> uh, so so let's do uh, nope. The host uh, Pacific Rim uh, Godzilla. And, and Skull Island. No, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Correct. Yep. Uh, all right. We're so in. that's it. That's our fave five. All right. Well, thanks for joining the show. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, for Kevin, for Eric, go Hawks. That was out of order. <laughs>